0: What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nitz, who I get on here and talk about my favorite subject, which is the more of God. Man, for so long, so many of us have been almost better at being Christians than being lovers of God honestly, for so many years, I was so good at ministry and good at being a Christian and good at telling other people about God without even knowing that there was more of God for me. That this like deep life-giving intimacy with him was available to all of us, not just the super deep thinking introverted Christians. So that's what this podcast is usually about. It's just talking about accessing and enjoying and delighting and more of God in our lives and more of who he is. And I'm doing it just out of the joy of it, but also because I want you to taste and experience more of God in your life. Whether you are a new believer or you've been around this evangelical circle for decades, man, there's more for you. Do you know that? So today, believe it or not, we're talking about the tabernacle. (laughs) I'm just always keeping you on your toes. So here we go. I don't really know if there's podcasting rules. Are they out there? Has someone written them? If someone has created podcast rules, I imagine one of the rules is probably that you shouldn't make a podcast episode about a different podcast episode. It just feels a little bit too much like inception, a little bit too meta, you know, <laughs> but, um, that's kind of what today is because I heard this podcast episode that I can't stop thinking about. So now it's becoming a podcast episode about this episode. <laughs> so I was introduced to this podcast called Bema, and the host of the podcast, his name is Marty Solomon. And he is someone who is so passionate about helping us see the Bible, um, man, in just this beautiful way. I don't even know how to describe it. He, at the beginning of his podcast, starts at the very beginning of the Bible and essentially walks through the entire Bible saying, how do we view the scripture from more of this eastern lens of how it was written versus our western eyes that many of us here in America have? It's been such a good podcast. Uh, I've loved it. I am someone who dabbles a lot, so I listen to a few episodes from there, then I go to something else. So I'm not one of those people who powers through and can tell you every episode is awesome, but what I've dabbled in <laughs> has been great. So maybe six months ago, I listened to a Bema podcast episode that was all about the tabernacle. And it talked more about the creation of the tabernacle in the Old Testament and just a different take than I had ever heard. And the conclusion of this story in the Old Testament about the tabernacle encouraged me to make more time for God in my daily life. Doesn't that sound funny? (laughs) Like, I don't know. If you're like me and maybe you grew up in the church, maybe you're familiar with a lot of your Sunday school stories or things we've heard from the Bible, there's some things that you expect to walk away with from certain stories or lessons and some things that feel more surprising. Like if you were to tell me that you were going to tell me something about the tabernacle that was going to make me want to spend time with God, I don't know. I would have been a little bit skeptical, but that's what happened and honestly, I haven't been able to let it go. I keep thinking about this concept. So I've just been thinking about talking about this more on the podcast. So maybe it'll stick in your head and encourage you and bug you and kind of just make you think about something a little bit differently as it has for me. So I'm just going to start a little bit about the tabernacle and then go into this point That Marty Solomon made that has really, has really hit me. Okay. All right, so here we go. You guys know what the tabernacle is? (laughs) Okay, so this is in the Old Testament. So if you think about God's people, if you think about the Israelites in slavery, in captivity in Egypt, God sends Moses, he saves his people, he takes them out of Egypt, and they're headed to the promised land. Okay. God's people are headed to God's land with God's leader, Moses. So this is a story that we've heard. We know that this, because of some disobedience, ends up being this 40-year journey, this 40-year wandering in the desert. So during this time, during this time where God's people are not in a land, are not home, they are traveling, they are constantly on the move, God still desires to be with his people. So this is where a tabernacle comes in. The word tabernacle literally means dwelling place. And this is what it was. It was like a portable location where God's presence would be, where he would dwell, where he would reside. So he encouraged this to be like the center of their worship, like where the Israelites would literally come to interact with God and to worship him within the tabernacle. So just a reminder, this is before Jesus came, right? So what did Jesus do? Jesus, in his death and in his resurrection, restored our relationship with God, gave us full access to God, made it so that God himself and his spirit dwell within us this is such a big deal this is why as New Testament believers we can rejoice in the beauty of having God's presence and his goodness with us at all times but back here in the Old Testament God's people did not have this gift Jesus had not yet come and their relationship with God was not this um, full restored access and unity so in order for them to access God it wasn't just within them. His spirit didn't dwell in them. he They literally had to go somewhere to interact with God to be in his dwelling place. Okay? So he's in this location. This is the tabernacle, this portable place that they can bring with them to interact with God. So this is a big deal, right? This is like something highly cherished and if you think about it, they had the ability to communicate with and interact with the creator of the world and their their God. The cool thing is we get this every day, all day long, which is the beauty of God's spirit. But here, the tabernacle was this holy, like very important place. Okay, we got that? So here's here's where my mind started to be blown a little bit. So in this episode on the Bama podcast, Marty talks about if you look up the directions that were given to God's people on how to build the tabernacle, it is laced with phrases, with expressions, with directions that unmistakably echo the Genesis creation story. So if you line up, This story in Genesis of God creating the world. And then you line up on the other side, the directions that God gave to create this tabernacle. There are so many places where they line up and they point to one another. So first of all, in both stories, creation story and building the tabernacle, these were places where God was meeting his people And wanted to walk with them in the space that was created. So think of the creation story. He goes through these seven days and then God is walking with them in the garden once it's created. Like the process of this creation ushered a place where these created humans and their God could be together. Go to the tabernacle. Why is he giving these instructions for the tabernacle? It's so that God's people can go to this place and interact with God. So like God's desire from the very beginning was to come and live with his chosen people, to come and walk with his people. So that's kind of the big picture, but when you break it into even the days, like for example, during creation, as God created the universe, he divides it into three sections, the visible earth, the visible heavens, the invisible heavens. And we see in the tabernacle, he also, from the very beginning, divides the tabernacle into three parts. The outer courts, where ordinary people would be, me and you, y'all. The priest court, and then the holy of holies, where only God would be. And you can start to see these similarities in creation. Like, that God would live in the invisible heavens and man would dwell on earth. Like the priest being a symbol of how a man could get to these invisible places where God lives. Okay, so like creation story, the tabernacle story. There's this mirroring. There's this pointing to one another. And I actually remember reading, um, I man, I think it was in the book Theology of the Ordinary, where she talked about uh, as the... Um, Jewish people would have been reading Genesis, would have been reading the creation story for the first time, and they see this rhythm of seven days of created, they would have, in this rhythm and in this way the story was being told, they would have thought God is building a tabernacle. Like God is building a dwelling place. But here it is that it's actually the story of creation. But this rhythm, this pattern was something that the Jewish people would have been familiar with from their understanding of the tabernacle. Like this was how God talked this way and created this way. So just this beauty of how these two things point to each other, that like God's creation is his dwelling place, that this tabernacle is his dwelling place and that we are invited in both of those stories. Okay. So Stick with me, okay? If you're like, why is she still talking about the tabernacle? Stick with it, y'all. We're almost there. Okay. So here's um, kind of the next step in how these are mirroring each other that I have been thinking about a lot. Marty said, in the creation story, which you and I are very familiar with in Genesis, God created the space and he said, you fill it. Okay, so you think about him saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, right? God created the space. He turns to us, his creation, and says, you fill it. But in the tabernacle story, which again is this retelling of the creation story, God says, you build the space. I fill it. Okay, just sit there for a second, okay? creation God builds the space we fill it the tabernacle we have built God's people built the space and God said if you build it I will come <laughs> you build the space I fill it with my presence once you walk in this obedience and create this space I show up. My presence shows up. My spirit is here. So here's the quote from Marty that keeps echoing. Just in my brain, in my thoughts, in my time. Marty Solomon says, I believe there's an indirect promise here that if we create the space for God, he will fill it. Our job is to create the space. Word. So while this feels like this far off Old Testament thing, could you imagine if we were given directions to build a tabernacle so God's presence could be there? All of a sudden, it's landing a lot closer to home because it says, I'm like, okay, God, if everything is a revelation of you, if your word was given to me so that I can know you more, what are you showing me in the story of the tabernacle and your presence? That if if, people built, if your people built the space, you filled it. The day I listened to this podcast episode, I got out my journal and I wrote, I make the room. And I just kept thinking about this, of this thought of, I make the space. I make the room, and God does the work. He meets me. He fills me. His presence is there. But if I don't make the room, if I don't create the space, how can I be frustrated when God's not showing up? Okay, are you following this? Is this feeling like, are you like, what is she talking about? Yes, yes and amen. Like I wish I could have some feedback on the podcast. Okay. So let me just keep talking and see if it helps. (laughs) Oh man. So what does it mean that he fills it? What does it mean that we make the space? We make the room. These are some of the thoughts that I've been having as I've been sitting on this and pondering it. Do you guys know breaking news We live in a culture of busyness. Have you heard? Do you know? We love this cultural anxiety and busyness, and we're all in it. And we wonder why God isn't present in our lives. And we wonder why he feels so distant. So I wrote, if I don't create a space for God, how can I be angry when he doesn't show up? Am I willing to create the space? Am I willing to make room? If I don't have a quiet space to hear a small voice, will I ever hear God? Now, this is, I don't know, a conversation that could take us a good 10 hours. There's a lot of levels to this. There's a lot of pieces to it. And I realize that. Um, But for me, this big picture idea of what the tabernacle represented, that Building a literal space and saying to God, fill it with you. Fill it with your presence. I remember probably about 10 years ago, I was in a small group, um, called them life groups at our church. And I remember someone telling the story about how God kept like sharing and challenging and telling them the same message over and over that everywhere they went, they felt like they were hearing the same thing as they were praying, as they were spending time with God, as they were out with friends. It was like the same message kept coming to them over and over and over again. And it just felt like this confirmation that like this is what God's showing me. This is where he's moving in my life. I remember leaving that small group and getting back to my house. And I can, I can remember this so vividly. I had the thought, If God was going to tell me something, I don't even know where he would do that. When I went through my day, from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to bed, your girl was full. And um, I love God. (laughs) Like, I was involved in a lot of things. I'm involved in ministry. But I, I was not making room for God. I really wasn't. I I mean from the moment I woke up I had music on or a podcast playing. If I'm in the car I was talking to my on the phone with my friend, sending a Marco Polo, catching up on an audiobook that I had. I get to work, I'm busy all day. You know, if I do have a free moment here or there, I'm checking my phone. I'm, you know, you guys know what it's like. I don't have to describe this to you. <laughs> It was like these days and moments are so packed with busy and with noise and with entertainment, not bad things. It was just full that I didn't understand how my friend could have this story where she felt like she was hearing from God over and over and over again. And me being like, it would be it would literally have to be God taking over my radio And on like 96.5 Kiss FM, instead of Lady Gaga coming on, it was the voice of God. Like, how else would I hear from him? Because there wasn't room. I don't even know where this would happen. So as I've been thinking about this idea of making room in the podcast episode, Marty Solomon essentially goes into spiritual rhythms and spiritual practices and what does it look like in our schedule and in our days and in our heart to literally we make the room and God shows up. This lesson of the tabernacle of we build the space and we step back and God's presence fills it. God's spirit fills it. He meets us. um, Man, and you guys know from, you know, listening to me babble on about this and getting so hyped about time with God that this was the lesson that God joyfully taught me years, a few years ago when I felt like I came to the end of my rope with my identity and my serving and my busyness and it felt it was just taken from me, like all my volunteering, all my ministry work, all of the work I was doing, uh it coming to an end and me being like, God, I don't know what's most important to you. Instead of building a tabernacle and waiting for God's presence to fill it, I was like busy building my own building to tell people about God on my own strength and power and being like, you guys can sit over there and just pray. I'm going to come over here and get to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, uh, in this podcast episode, Marty said, ministry is the product of our love of God. It's an expression of a heart devoted to God. We cannot allow ministry for God to overpower intimacy with God. We cannot control making an impact. We can't control having fruitful ministries. But we have absolute control over making room and developing intimacy with God. And y'all know, that was me. That was your girl, my busyness was very Christian, you know, very spiritual, but there was not the quiet space to be with God. I wasn't making room. I was busy building other rooms to tell other people (laughs) about God's goodness. Um, so yeah, I just, this idea of making room for God, I've been sitting on it a long time. And to be honest, I don't have all the answers. It would be a much better podcast episode if I did. You know, here's my goal. Maybe one day, someday I'll be a podcast host who knows what she's doing. But until then, I'm not. I just come to you with my own (laughs) um, joys and delights of time with God, but also my own questions of God, what does this actually look like in the day to day of my life? And if I'm going to be real honest, This has been particularly hard for me the last six months of what does it actually look like to make more room for God. And we all have things that we could say on why this has been hard. All of us. If you are alive right now in 2022 and you're listening to this, you have good reasons why you don't have room. You really do. (laughs) We're all busy. Um, I have a one in four year old that I'm at home with most of the time. And I wouldn't say free time is something that is abundant. Uh, a little fun fact we're pregnant with our third kid, which is very exciting. But I have a whole new level of exhaustion. So I have two that I'm caring for this cute one and a half year old who doesn't talk yet, She's just a little whiny. And then I have the exhaustion of a new baby growing in my body. Um, I'm tired. I would rather sleep. I would rather zone out than figure out how to make room for God. I'd rather watch another great British baking show than turn it off and sit with my father in prayer. Um, this summer, you guys heard as I talked through losing my dad, I've had these months of just like grief and sadness where even on days that I'm not super, super busy, My sadness makes me want to just not be intentional with anything. You know, I just, I want to zone. And that's okay. And some days that's okay to do this. But just in complete transparency, this has been hard for me the last six months. And I think this is why I've been so thankful for this message. Because if the message was, um, we have to make the space for God and then drum up something within us that is um, able to make it to God, to reach to God. We have to figure out how to make our minds love him more. We have to figure out how do I grow in my heart and, and love you more. I don't know. It seems simpler than that. This beauty that if I show up and make the room... God does the work. He reveals himself to you, sweet listener. He pursues you like he is the one illuminating this in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls that we are able to love him more and know him more. And that's beautiful. And it's freeing. I mean, it's like, man, God, is it really that simple that my role that my place in this is that I make room for you and you fill it. And man, this is like the beauty of the gospel is that we actually get to experience this freedom. That his um, man, that Christ's work on the cross gives us his full righteousness, his full covering, his full acceptance that now God loves us and sees us the same way he does Jesus. So it isn't this earning. It's not that we have to work and you better read your Bible enough times a week and you got to get it together. It's like, man, we show up and all we have to do is clear the space in our schedule clear the space in our hearts and our minds and we make room and we say father my heart's desire is to seek you and to know you will you fill this space will you show up with your presence will you show up with your truth and your wisdom and your spirit and do the work do the revealing In me. And I think this is why I get so pumped about time with God. Because for years it just felt like this extra credit thing that really cool dedicated Christians could do. Or honestly it just felt like a lot of work. It just felt kind of boring. And this perspective of I just make the room. And God's spirit does the work in and around and through me. And radiates in my heart and soul and mind to love him with all I am. Woo! So, as we get more practical of what does this actually mean? How do we actually do this? That's been so much of what this podcast is. Like, if you've been hanging out and listening to the There's More podcast, you've heard me talk about things about changing the way I'm reading the Bible. We've heard Noelle Beck talk about prayer. Um, you heard Laura Veal talk about this physical place of spending time with God, of literally creating a prayer room and a prayer closet that you're physically giving him the space and creating the secret place. Um, man, this can look like so many of those things, like literally practicing the presence of God. So again, we come back to to some of this practically. What does this look like? Okay, so physically, literally... like things you can see, you know, it's like this, this secret place. So we, we did that episode on Matthew six and, and again, the prayer closet. What does it look like physically in your calendar, in your time, in your day to make space for God, to make room for God, creating this uninterrupted time where you're not multitasking. You're not also doing the dishes as you listen to worship music. You're not uh, as you're driving around listening to a sermon. Those things are good. Those things are great. But this uninterrupted time, this secret place where you are making the room, you have this space where you say, God, I am here and I need you to show up. I'm here for your presence. Meet me, fill me. And, you know, that's maybe what this looks like on on this physical place. But I think this also, this idea of making room for God, it's been showing up a lot or challenging me more in this like almost mental space. If you were to take my days, again, how full, maybe even not even the schedule, but mentally I I can become, you know, it's like, you know, it's, I mean, I know men and women are both this way, but I'm just going to go ahead a little bit of a stereotype and say as women, we are really freaking good at packing every minute of our day with something mental. If there is even a break, you're thinking of the next grocery list. You're like, oh, I'm behind on this and I didn't call this person back. And I got that load of laundry downstairs that's been sitting there for four days that I really need to fold because if I take a shower in the morning, I think I'm out of towels. (laughs) Like this mental rat race that we are so good at. I've even been asking that of God, of God, what is it, what does it look like to make room for you even mentally to have these reset points throughout my day that I sit for five minutes? And it could even be while I'm doing dishes. It could even be during a multitasking where I say, God, how can I just understand that your presence is with me and mentally rest in that for five minutes? What does it mean for three minutes? After I buckle my kids in their car seats and I'm walking around to my driver's seat and I sit for a moment and I say, God. I want to make room for you in my heart and my mind even in this busy day. Can you show me how to make the room? And again, this is where I'm being honest that it's been hard because I desire this, but I don't always know fully how to do it yet. But I trust God enough to say, I know that you're doing something in the, in me through this. Like, You're stirring me towards this, and you're getting me excited at the thought of making more room for you. So I'm going to talk about this (laughs) with other people. I'm going to talk about this on the podcast because as believers, I want us to have more and more room for God and his work and his spirit. I would love to talk to you more about what this could look like practically. You know, what does it look like? If, If I told you to spend eight hours alone with God, to make room for eight hours, one, one day this month, you have an eight hour day where you have nothing to do except spend time with God. Would you know what to do? Would you have any idea what to do with that space? And if not, can you ask um, someone in your life who you think would? If not, message your girl. You know, I love talking about this stuff. I can connect you with my friend Noel and just say, man, I want to learn how to sit in God's presence. I want to learn actually what it looks like to make this room and then enjoy time meeting God in the word or enjoy time sitting in prayer or Sabbath. Like, what does it look like to incorporate rest and this rhythm of rest in my time every week where I'm making room for him to show up in this restful place? What does it look like to make room to sit in his presence? What does it actually mean in your sweet little life to make the space for God. If you want to hear more about Marty's just idea on this and the tabernacle and what it even looks like to make room for God, uh, you can head to the Bema podcast. Episode 24 is called Creating a Space. And you'll hear him talk through pretty much what I just did because I copied a lot of what he said. And then also he goes into more of spiritual practices that he's learned and these rhythms he's learned of what it looks like to like make this space and create this space for God. So you can definitely do that. Go back and listen to some of these older episodes where we've talked about rhythms like the Bible and prayer and creating a a space in your house and a space in your calendar and in your room and your life for God. Uh, Man, because that's what we want. Like We want hearts who are excited to make room to meet with our creator. And in the spirit of making room for God... I just wanted to give you a little sneak peek into creating these podcasts because don't get it twisted. I don't just get to sit here in, in quiet. <laughs> Your girl's got kids. So Harvey came in a few times as I was recording this and I just thought I'd let you hear his cute little voice as we end the show. Uh, this just in, my four-year-old came in the room to ask a question. Harvey, what are you asking for right now? Um, a snack. Mm maybe some uh something from the snack drawer yeah awesome is there anything you'd like to tell our our listeners on the podcast harvey Nitz. um i went to school with geo yeah who's Gio? I'm my best friend yeah that sounds like an awesome day and how's your sister doing harvey good can you tell me what her name is opal but can i hey mom I tell him my cousins. You want to talk about your cousins? Yeah. Sure. True and Henry and Jake and Jamie and Lucy. And baby Gracie. Yeah, baby Gracie. You really like your cousins? Yeah, I really love them a hundred. A hundred? A thousand. Wow. All right. Well, Harvey. You could go get a snack from the snack drawer, and I'm going to keep on podcasting, okay? I don't know when I'm going to have to. Okay, I'll come help you. <laughs>